Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that we all got our languages from eight men grunts and stuff like that. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say how she knows? Did you grunt in reply? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science book, so it's got to be right. Science books used to say that the human body had dozens of vestigial organs that were useless leftovers from our supposed evolution. But that was wrong. One thing that's never been proven wrong is the Bible, God's Word. By reading really old books, we can see that languages have changed through the centuries. But we don't have a time machine to go back and listen to how our first ancestors learned to talk. So where should we look to find a trustworthy way to figure out if your teacher is right or not? Well, since the Bible has never been proven wrong, maybe we should look there. Good answer. First, does the Bible say that the God made ape men? No, we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Good. Now what does the Bible say about languages? In Genesis 11, verses 6 and 7, it says, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. That about sums it up. So originally, there was just one language until God had to get his stubborn people to get up and go cover the earth like he told them. From there, the various people groups got scattered across the globe, making their languages get more scrambled up, but less complex the further they moved away from each other. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Interesting topic. Of course, the societal belief is, from their teaching in schools, is that early languages were all eight-man grunts and gutturals. But that's not what we find when we actually look at the most ancient of languages. When we look at cuneiform, Sanskrit, Hebrew, hieroglyphics, we find highly developed languages with verbs, adjectives, and constructs which are even more complex than what we have today. Sometimes this discussion gets a little confusing. Carl, you were looking at an article that talked about how bad the confusion can get. Yes, it wasn't that long ago, it was that 1866, that the Linguistic Society of Paris decided to ban the discussion of the origins of where languages came from. And the reason being was there were so many different ideas and they were so supported so vehemently that they couldn't have civil conversations amongst themselves. The linguistics people argued and fought and got so <laughs> misbehaving that the Linguistics Society in Paris decided, hey, you aren't going to talk about it anymore. They introduced what Terry would call a gag rule on the rest of the linguistics about the origin of language because they couldn't figure it out from a non-biblical point of view. Terry, you had a comment about 
what appears to be but is not evolution of language. Well, yeah, just just look at England, for example. At one time you had the Britons, but then it was invaded by the Romans who would have had the Latin language, and then later on it was invaded by the Angles, and then the Saxons, and then the Jutes, and then the Normans. So it makes sense that language would change, and yet to that, that 40 years ago, the phrase cell phone did not exist because we did not have cell phones. So yes, language does change over time, but is that evidence for language beginning with eight-man grunts? No, and in point of fact, your point is well made, and the fact that there are interactions between languages, there are interactions between societies, and there are new inventions, and this causes new words or differences or new usages. However, let's just take your example of the English language. When you compare Old English 1,000 years ago to today, the Old English was much more complex than our current English. It doesn't show evolution, it shows de-evolution, which is consistent with what we're going to talk about here. From a biblical context, if you trace the biblical account of the Table of Nations, split out at the dispersion after Babel were approximately 78 or more language groups. This is consistent with what linguists tell us today. They think that the languages we have across the earth, and there are 6,900 of them across the earth right now, that these all came from about 50 or more language families, which makes some sense if the biblical account is true because, well, it's within that number of 78 or more, but we would have lost a few over the years to antiquity. No longer spoken like Sanskrit and others. Or Latin. Or Latin. <laughs> Quite true, although it's still read and used. I really get fascinated by looking at the Table of Nations to see not only where the languages came from, but also the substantiation that we see for this dispersion and how those languages got spread indication from the Bible that a guy named Hindustan went to India. Well, what do they speak Southeast Asia at this point? Hindi. Hindi and other languages of that type. Ethiopia got Kush, which was a grandson of Noah. They actually call themselves what? Kushites. Kushites. Mm -hmm. see, they actually see Kush in their records, of uh, their local records. Javan is a grandson that went to Greece and took the Greek language there with them. Mizraim went to Egypt. Gomer went to the Urals and then to Europe itself. And Meshesh went up to Moscow. And we see the dispersion of these languages described there. But why would they disperse all during the third millennium BC, which is when we see this explosion occur, if there wasn't a confusion event? I'm going to ask that question in the second part. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. I want to ask this question of y'all because one of the interesting things that comes out in the research when you look at these languages is that it seems like the early languages, those early 50 families or more that our modern languages came from, all seem to have just sprouted up all at the same time, around the Middle East, about 5,000 years ago, somewhere in the early 3rd millennium BC. How can that make any sense? 
Well, by itself, it, it only makes sense if you look at the Bible as the historical evidence for it. Because according to the Bible, what would have occurred is somewhere around 5,000 years ago, you had the flood, then you had the dispersion at Babel right after that, which would have been the construction of all of these languages almost instantaneously, or instantaneously. I was going to say that the, the reason for the dispersion was because of the instantaneous institution, institution of all these languages. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how consistent the, this biblical account is with what we actually see linguistics today. There, as I told you before, there are 6,900 languages in the world today. We're developing more dialects all the time. We're actually developing a dialect today, LOL, and everything with, that we do on your texting hmm. people probably wouldn't have been recognizable 20 or 30 years ago. So there are new dialects coming up all the time. If we started with what the biblical account says, something more than 78, less than 100 original languages, you get to 6,900 at our current rate of development of languages in somewhere between 4,500 and 5,500 years. Again, that's very consistent with that early third millennium development. It goes with the biblical account. I have a good friend in England who says he's bilingual because he speaks both English and American. <laughs> that's consistent with what Churchill said in a speech in which he said the American people and the English people are two united peoples divided by one, one language. language. Yeah, because we do have very different dialects here. One of the interesting things is when you look into the kind of discussion that led to such upheaval that Carl was discussing during the 1800s, is that they originally tried to group these languages into everything came out of the Sanskrit, everything came out of the Hebrew, everything came out of the Egyptian languages. But what we find with these early languages is they were very disparate. What we would have assumed from evolution was that there would be a large amount of carryover from one language to another as they evolve from one to another. But instead what we find is they're very disparate. Yes, there's some sharing of some words because they do interact with one another and so there was some sharing. But what we don't see is the trail of cuneiform developing into all of these other languages. What we see instead is those early languages were extremely disparate. How is that consistent with a biblical account? It fits right in. Because they couldn't have words that were extremely recognizable from one to another because what was the whole purpose of it, Terry? Well, to separate the people. To separate them. To get them to do what God told them to do from the start, which was to fill the earth and not just sit all here together and do what you want. Any last thoughts? Well, I would say the mere fact that we have the sophisticated language that we do to express all of the ideas and concepts that we can express shows that we are different from the animals. We are special beings created in the image of God. And again, what is actually observed is consistent with the Bible. With the Bible and linguistics, and not the Joe So stories of us coming from eight men. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.